hauling Just look at the load I'm hauling Hard work, I hit it harder Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer Sun up to sundown Backing up traffic all the way to town Camo hat and a farmer's tan Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Welcome to another episode of Fast Line Fast Track. It's great to have you with us. On this episode, agriculture policy experts Jay Truitt and Michael Torrey offer up some post-election analysis for the ag industry. Terry Burkhart with Allstate's Ag Parts talks combine cleanup, and we learn about new developments from irrigation specialist the Lindsay Corporation. The hot rod farmer Ray Bohax brings us another installment of Bushels and Scents, and our buddy Colt Barber stops by to give us an update on his latest projects. We also have a conversation with and feature the music of American Blonde. You won't want to miss a moment of this one. Let's go! Well, first up this week on Fast Line Fast Track, now that the dust is beginning to settle, we're starting to see how the recent elections are going to have an impact on agriculture. Last week, during the Virtual National Association of Farm Broadcasters Convention, Jay Truitt, a principal with Policy Solutions, and Michael Torrey, a consultant with Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, offered up some post-election analysis. These are some outtakes of that discussion, which was moderated by legendary farm broadcaster Ken Root. Jay, let me begin by focusing on agricultural policy in a Biden administration. Uh, and you can take it from your livestock side, perhaps more, but definitely from your background. Um, ag policy in the U.S. has traditionally been split by geography rather than political party. We all have known that from watching it. Do you see that changes in the upcoming Congress, especially with the retirement of Pat Roberts from the Senate, Mike Conway from the House, and the defeat of Colin Peterson in the House is going to make a change in how agricultural policy is made. Absolutely. Um, and I think the, 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 the later point that you made regarding uh, the leadership uh, voids that have been created by the departure of some really key people um, end up being the, maybe the dominating factor in how the next farm bill comes together. This is nothing against... Um, who we all anticipate will be the new leaders that move into the, the House Ag Committee. And you can kind of uh, start guessing at how it works out uh, uh, on the Senate side as well. Uh, we'll have to wait for final numbers right uh, out of Georgia to know what that is. But you, you can't just remove a Pat Roberts and a Colin Peterson who bring 45 years of, of historical perspective and know all the mistakes that we've made in addition to the things that we did that kind of worked right or that we could afford or that seemed to give us the biggest bang for our buck. You can't remove them from the process and just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the same. Um, the rest of the people that sat in those rooms don't have that same level of expertise and experience. Um, sure, we're still going to have Southern versus Midwest and some Northern and specialty crop versus everybody else. The livestock folks will pretend like they don't care what's in Title I and Title II. Um, but the truth is, it'll matter immensely what the conservation program looks like. A President Biden promised that he was going to take a look at maybe doing more set-asides and taking some acres out of production. That'll send a, a, a fear into the livestock sector because they like oversupplies of all of those things. 
to keep prices uh, uh, in a moderate level. How it actually plays out, I think kind of as in the past, somebody will rise to the occasion and we'll see somebody take those reins in both, both the House and the Senate, and they'll write the bill. I don't know that administrations in the end get to do more than just accept what comes to them for the most part. Maybe on money it's different, but on the actual policy, um, maybe, maybe it won't be as different as we think. But there is no way that you can deny that the voids created by uh, Colin Peterson and Pat Roberts not being in the room, Mr. Conway as well, and, and a handful of other members, um, that there won't be a real, that, that, that'll be a game changer for some people. Mike, let me ask you the same thing. Plus, how strong is the influence on the Agriculture Committee going to be by these members from urban districts, um, the Marsha Fudge and others, um, who are working on committees and are only really there because of the food and nutrition title. So combining all of that, what do you think moving into the new session? Well, I would offer that I, I agree with everything that Jay said. I think as we move into this session, agriculture is going to face a couple of, of uh, headwinds. Number one is going to be money. I think everybody understands how much has been spent uh, through the market um, facilitation program payments and also the COVID payments for agriculture. Monies they didn't ask for, but monies that happened as a result of um, several policies and, and actions and activities in the last four years. And then with what's happened with COVID as a whole and ag spending always comes under scrutiny. And I think it, it will again. So that's gonna be um, obstacle one. And obstacle two, Ken, to your point, is gonna be this balance of social economic policy. Um, obviously ag committees are normally focused on commodity programs and hunger programs, but a number of members of Congress have joined the committee from urban areas because of hunger and feeding programs specifically. And so there is gonna be a little bit of a conflict and the bigger challenge goes to what Jay just said in terms of the um, caucuses. The Democratic caucus had Colin Peterson who abdicated strongly, he's gone he was able to convince a lot of urban members to come along and uh, that's gone. So really for all of us in agriculture, who's going to be the person that steps up to the plate in that regard? Uh, going over to the Senate side, you know, I don't see as much of a change uh, with um, a lot of those folks, obviously a little bit more steady and seasoned and have been around for a while and they all have a little bit higher priority for agriculture in rural America because all of their states have it. So the, the challenge is going to be there and uh, that's, we'll see what happens. Mike, going with these urban district people that were in the ranks of the ag committees, potentially moving the leadership of these committees since in the House, they're Democrats. We know the House is going to be Democrat controlled. The Senate may be almost equal, so that'll be interesting. But do you think they and the Biden administration will bring some interesting agricultural policy to the top of the agenda? Yeah, I do. I mean, if you if you look at kind of the um, the constituency for the the Democratic Party, um, normally they come at these issues, and we saw this during the Obama administration, and I believe we'll see it during the Biden administration. They come at these issues uh, more nutrition focused, and I want to offer up the difference between hunger and nutrition because it's very very important to note. Hunger programs are about feeding programs. Nutrition programs or nutrition conversations and policy tend to be about 
the quality and the types of food that we that we eat. That the nutrition community tends to be a little bit more critical of production agriculture. So we are certainly going to be um, experiencing that um, as we move forward. Um, I think we're all anxious to see who the Secretary of Ag is going to be because I think that will send a, a clear signal um, on the priority of the department. If they go with an urban member, I think that says something. Whereas if they go with a traditional member, uh, that says something different. Let's go to exports and trades. And Jay, let's stay with you. Will the U.S. change its trade policy with China under a Biden administration? Sure. I think we will. Uh, I don't think in a way that really harms agriculture, but I do think that there'll be uh, a good number of uh, uh, changes. What's still left in that in that, uh, that whole package that's currently um, underway with China today, though, is remember that we're only operating under phase one of that agreement now. Uh, in phase two, three, and beyond, uh, and, and in some respects, the same is true really for some other countries that really matter to, especially to the beef, pork, and poultry sector. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, I think we've, we've done the, the, the really hard work and we've, we've really opened up those markets in a big way to really gain the, the high value uh, uh, numbers for the beef guys. Um, that's going to take a little bit more work. Um, China has been buying enough pork. Um, I mean, you know, there's really no words to describe what's been going on with the pork trade um, there. It's been phenomenal. And I don't think there's much a Biden administration would do to try to harm that. I do think in other sectors, there'll be a lot of changes with the way um, the administration and the United States interacts with China. Uh, but I think from an agriculture perspective, most of the hard work's been done and good for them. You know, I'm glad we got it behind us. Mike, what about you on yeah. China with a, an administration that could be very different in how it approaches it? You know, I don't, I don't know if there'll be much of a change in policy, but maybe more of a change in tactics. Um, the, the, the Trump administration, their tactics was um, combative and tariffs. And I would remind, I would remind listeners that when um, President-elect Trump talked about how he was going to go after China, there was a lot of pushback, both on the Republican and Democratic side, saying that we were, you know, poking a bear that didn't need poke because we had a good relationship there for America's farmers. Well, now both Republicans and Democrats in the world is talking about how China is a problem on so many levels. So I don't think that the Biden administration from a tactic standpoint will back off. I think they'll push, but I think they're going to be more collaborative with our international partners on how they approach that. And I think clearly they're going to take a fresh look at what's been done, knowing knowing that American agriculture needs that market. So I, I expect a, a bit of a change in tactics, but again, not, not as much on policy. Mike, staying with you, what about work toward trade treaties with Asian and European countries? You know, we had a lot in the works in the Obama administration, which Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump both said that they were not going to continue with. We even trashed NAFTA and started all over with it. What do you think will happen on trade treaties? You know, I think the first thing to watch for is whether the Biden administration decides to change course and go back to the multilateral approach compared to the Trump administration that was a little bit more bilateral in their conversations. 
And I, I don't know the answer to that, but that's all going to be against the backdrop of agriculture versus um, industry, um, uh, the American um, economic machine that also needs those trade agreements. Um, um, obviously, ag is going to have to be a significant part of that. I don't know if, for example, on TPP, which the Obama administration had negotiated, the Trump administration put that to the side, but I would assume um, the Biden administration will, will revisit that. I do believe both administrations are going to continue to pursue um, opportunities in, in Africa and India, although those are going to have a, a longer term um, timeline, um, but with good benefit towards the end if we ever get there. Jay, from a livestock perspective, do you look for any trade treaties that might go through that benefit us, such as what was in the works before the end of the Obama administration? Um. You know, um, I guess I'm more pessimistic about um, how that actually plays out. Um, and, I, and I think some of the actions by China over the last couple of years have uh, spooked some of the, the old TPP partners about re, reigniting some of that conversation. Um, I do think there's, there's a couple of agreements that, well, there's a couple of things that have to be done. Uh, over the next couple of years, maybe not in the, in the you know first hundred days or so, um, but the United States and the United Kingdom have to have a trade agreement renegotiated now. It's not something that either party can really dodge. Um, and uh, we do an enormous amount of business between the two countries. We don't need that to all just be willy nilly, you know, um, uh, dodge trying to trying to punish each other back and forth. And it's in both players' interest to actually get that resolved. Um, so that's going to happen. I agree with uh, with uh, Mike's comments for sure that India, I think, is really high on the list. Africa should be high. Uh, we should be looking at an EU uh, package, which I think was was kind of in the works for the Trump administration. Uh, it, had they been had had they remained in power, and so yeah, I'm. I'm uh, again, I, I think we'll still go after it. Um, I personally, um, while at one point I was a massive supporter of these uh, uh, multilateral uh, agreements, and I understand how they, they can bring some progress, um, I do think the United States is going to have to, if Biden wants to be successful, he will have to take on some of these one at a time. And the UK is one of them that you'll just have to do one on one. Gentlemen, let me turn to what I promised earlier, and that is the discussion of personnel. We know that both ag committees are going to go through major change in deciding who is going to move to their chairmanship and their ranking member, and we don't even know which party is going to be which. But let's go to the Secretary of Agriculture job, Mike Torrey. Let me start with you. Who do you believe are the top candidates for the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture in the coming administration? Yeah, well, it's a loaded question, Ken, but thank you for that. Um, obviously, the list that we've compiled as a team, I think we have 15 names on that. So as I was going through it, reflecting up on your question, I would offer that former Secretary of Ag Tom Vilsack, I think, is going to have a little bit of influence on this conversation with President-elect Biden. And I think most of the folks in agriculture know that that position needs to be someone, especially for this administration, as they're heading into a midterm election, which is going to be a challenge um, for them, as any midterm election is for a newly elected president. 
that they're going to need somebody that farmers uh, respond to and listen to. So if it's through that filter, I'm going to offer up the name that's most popular, most often discussed, and that's Senator Heidi Heitkamp, former Senator Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota. I would add one, um, one thought, and I do think it's a long shot, but if they decide to go um, um, with somebody who definitely um, understands ag that um, as much as Senator Heitkamp, but I would add Colin Peterson to that list. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll use USDA maybe as a diversity hire of some sort, however you want to measure that. Um, and then, of course, um, Congresswoman uh, Marsha Fudge um, from Ohio um, uh, could be, if they decide to go with someone more nutrition focused, um, could be a pick as well. May I ask you, would she leave Congress to go to this or would she try to move and actually move very high in the in, in taking over the House Ag Committee? I, I don't know her well enough to be able to offer a view on that. I'm just trying to be a little bit um, speculative for your listeners. Well, she's very smart and she is very good at what everything I've seen her do. So, uh, but she comes to the food and nutrition side and that is totally against what's happened so far. Jay, let's put the bullseye on you here. What do you think? So I, I think I agree uh, that under a Biden administration that they will be looking for uh, diversity in that cabinet, right? That's something that they've talked about. I do think that USDA may or may not fall under that category. If they don't, I do think Michael Skew's uh, name pops back up as one of the people that we may see again. He's held a leadership role inside of uh, uh, USDA before, people knowing uh, he's not an unfamiliar face. Uh, and, I, and again, I think that certain people like Tom Vilsack and others in that circle uh, will have some familiarity with him. Um, I also think that, honestly, I think uh, California uh, Ag Commissioner, or I'm not for sure the exact title there, but Karen Ross, uh, comes in. She's a name that we've all, we, everybody in D.C. knows her. So she's uh, she's well known. She's well respected. I think there'd be some comfort level with her. And I do agree that, you know, still the odds on uh, uh, in, in D.C. Uh, favorite, I think, still is is Miss, Miss Heitkamp, um, just because of who she was in the past and, and uh, you know, the fact that she was a vocal leader. Um, I do think that uh, under a Biden administration, though, that we're going to see somebody come in and the intention will be um, to drive that that mission more towards the food and the, the nutrition side of the, the conversation uh, and, and allow farm programs to uh, kind of run their own. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And I know that's not a popular thing to say to a bunch of farm folks in the country. Um, because we've always loved it. We had some farmer that we knew somewhere out there. He had a pair of coveralls hanging in his, in his, um, in his cupboard. Um, but the reality is, is that we can hire really strong people uh, at other levels inside of the Department of Agriculture. And if they allow them to really run those programs properly, and we have good economists and, and other folks inside the agency, I think it's possible to do both and do both very well. Uh, it's, it, 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 it should be, uh, the two, the two are inseparable in many ways and, uh, we should be able to do both well. Mike and Jay, I want to thank both of you for being a part of this. I have one lightning round question for both of you. And that is, 
discounting weather and military conflicts, will American farmers fare better or worse in the next four years than they did in the last four? Mike. Better. Jay. Better for sure. Well, that's good optimism for both of you. Thank you both very much for being with us for this Newsmaker session of the National Farm Broadcaster Organizations. We hope that you have found this uh, beneficial to you and certainly with the aspect brought by both of these gentlemen with many years experience in Washington, D.C. and around the world, it'll give you a broader perspective. It certainly gave me one during this hour. I'm Ken Root. Thank you for being with us. Chandler Equipment. For 51 years, Chandler Equipment has been manufacturing excellence. The finest quality in pull type and truck mount fertilizer lime spreaders and litter spreaders, fertilizer tenders, seed tenders, and litter conveyors. They also sell a full line of Raven Industries Precision Ag products. To find out more about the full Chandler product line or to find a Chandler Equipment dealer near you, visit ChandlerEquipment.net or give them a call at 800-243-3319. Well, next up on Fast Line Fast Track, we want to welcome back to the program Terry Burkhart with Allstate's Ag Parts, which not only is the largest supplier of used, new, and remanufactured tractor and combine parts in North America, but also supplies parts for skid steers, planters, drills, hay balers, swathers, construction equipment, and other ag equipment. And Terry, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Hey, it's good to be back, Brent. Hey, so uh, in many parts of the country now, we're just starting to wrap up harvest. Uh, folks are starting to put the equipment back on mothballs here. But before they do that, they uh, have to be mindful of a few things to make sure that next time they pull it out, uh, the thing's going to work for them. Yeah, you know, that's uh, kind of the key. Um, take some time to do some maintenance now and make sure when you uh, pull that equipment out of the shed the next time, uh, whether it be in the spring or a full season down the road for harvest, uh, it'll be ready to go uh, with little or, or no uh, work needed to get you out in the field. i uh, got a few ideas today of things that you can do now to, uh, to help with that process. First of all, change the oil, the filters, and lubricate all your grease fittings. Uh, you know, lubrication is so important uh, for, for the equipment and keeping it running efficiently, and that's part of your regular maintenance uh, program anyway but uh, it's good to make sure and start there uh, for your fall season. Uh, next thing, um, you know, fill your fuel tanks up. Um, that'll help you prevent condensation from the warming and the cooling uh, cycle. And uh, if you're using diesel fuel, uh, put a winter blend fuel in there or add a fuel conditioner uh, to make sure you get that anti-gel protection. Um, then, uh, you know, particularly for combines, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, you know, most of them are starting to go back in the shed now after what is hopefully a successful harvest. Um, but, you know, check your feeder house chains and your elevator chains. Um, those chains should be replaced every other year. Um, make sure they're properly tightened and ready to go for next year. Um, look at your uh, concave. Make sure there's no excessive wear on there, on the concave. Uh, inspect your cylinder bars while you're in there uh, for straightness and wear. Um, you know, those are, are not horrible projects, but uh, this time of year you should have a little bit more time than uh, if you have to 
fix those in the middle of harvest next year. So if you've got a machine that still has a straw walker, um, you know, take a look at that straw walker, uh, check it for cracks, general wear, um, check the straw chopper. Uh, is it balanced? Does it shake too much? How are the knives? What do the knives look like? Um, and the rotor itself. Um, then uh, something that some people overlook sometimes is checking that cooling system. Uh, don't forget to uh, to uh, check that antifreeze and make sure it's going to be good enough to keep you um, safe in your part of the country uh, from freezing up. Uh, a couple other things, you know, the easiest thing is just to clean it. Uh, clean your clean your combine, clean your tractor. Start with an air compressor. Uh, blow all the dirt and the crop debris off. Um, that'll help you get rid of seeds that you don't want to transfer from one field to another. Um, it'll also get rid of debris that might attract rodents um, that could eventually get up in your electrical system and cause you all sorts of problems there. Uh, after you blow it off with your air compressor, um, you know, maybe pressure wash it to get rid of some of that more stubborn dirt and grime. Um, then if you really want to to get into it, uh, wax it and um, touch up some bare spots with some tractor paint. So, you know, cleaning, lubrication, uh, checking fluid levels, all pretty simple things to uh, make sure you're going to be up and running next spring. Um, and then a few other things that are a little more difficult, concave and cylinder bars and um, straw walkers and the straw chopper, uh, those kind of things can save you a ton of time. Uh, when you get back in the field next year and you'll have the confidence in knowing that they're ready. So uh, just a few things, Brent, that uh, people can do to um, maintain their equipment. Um, you know, there's a lot of dollars investment in the combine today, um, tractors too. So we want to make sure those things are running well and we do everything we can to, to keep them going. And if you don't have time to wax it, give Terry a call. He'll he'll maybe come and help you out with that. Yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> give me a call. We'll talk about it. Well, I tell you, these are all such great tips here. And I know there's a lot of guys probably sitting here listening to this and thinking, man, I just spent a month out in the field. The last thing I want to do is uh, is get out there and change the oil and, and do some of this preventative maintenance stuff. But I'm telling you what, take care of it. And if it's, you know, it's going to take care of you. But if something does break, just remember Allstate's Ag Parts has 15 locations nationwide, including 11 salvage yards, two rebuild facilities, and a 217,000 square foot flagship location in Lake Mills, Iowa, which has a centralized distribution center that has every kind of farm equipment replacement part you can think of, and now stocks industrial and construction parts. They have aftermarket used and remand parts, all with the industry-leading one-year warranty on all parts. Terry, if they want to know where to go to find it, where can they go? They can go to tractorpartsasap.com or uh, give us a call at 877-530-4430. 877-530-4430. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, make sure you get out and take care of that equipment. And uh, Terry, thank you so much for taking the time to come back and join us here on Fast Line Fast Track. I always enjoy our conversations and look forward to having you back next time with some more helpful tips to keep that equipment ship shape. All right. Thanks, Brent. I enjoy being with you again, too. Again, that was Terry Burkhart with All States Ag Parts. 
Well, next up on Fast Line Fast Track, we welcome in Albert Morin, a software product manager for Lindsay Corporation, a company that provides advanced irrigation, infrastructure, and industrial technology solutions. Albert, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank well, you. Well, this has been an exciting time for Lindsay Corporation. You've had some exciting announcements lately, including last week the announcement of Smart Pivot, which combines advanced agronomy with predictive machine diagnostics to move beyond traditional water application and management to deliver energy savings. Tell us all about it. Yeah, we're, we're really excited to kind of usher in the next generation of, of mechanized irrigation with our announcement around the Smart Pivot. Really, we've what we've done is we've broken down the um, the technology in the smart pivot into into two what we call smart streams. Uh, one is going to be the advanced agronomy, and this is or advanced agronomics. And what we're doing with the advanced agronomics piece is we are not only doing anomaly detection using imagery, but we're also doing identification of leaf level issues uh, such as you know pest and disease pressure, pressure, nutrient deficiencies. We can see application issues uh, related to plug nozzles, all from the use of of imagery in our partnership with Tyrannus. Our second smart stream is going to be around like machine health diagnostics. And really what we're doing here is we're putting more sensors on the machine than we've ever put before. And we're monitoring those sensors in real time. And what that allows us to do is looking at the trends and the data that we're capturing. That's going to allow us to do things like predictive analytics around component failure. Uh, so one of the things that we can identify potentially is, is a tire is going flat. So we can identify that the tire is going flat, and then we can also notify you as a grower that the tire is going flat before it actually you know, causes an unexpected shutdown with your machine. Really, the goal there is to reduce downtime um, and you know, make sure we're maximizing the performance of that machine. And one of the uh, great features of this also is the fact that uh, you're able to connect automatically to a dealer service technician. Yeah, absolutely. So because we're capturing that data, what we can then do is we can take that information or what you know we're predicting as the issue with that machine, and we can send that directly to your Zomatic dealer. And it's going to give them you know the, the nature of the issue. It's going to give them the location of the issue. So we're not only saying that the pivot went into an alignment fault, but we're also showing the exact tower, the exact location um, of that alignment fault. So when the dealer does arrive on site to perform service, uh, they know exactly where to go to find the problem. And we talked about, uh, you know, tire going down, but then you also have considerations such as ponding, plug sprinklers, or, or poor spray patterns, and uh, that all adds up to time and money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you're if you're getting if you're relying on visual inspection of satellite images and you're getting an image, uh, you know, a couple times a week or once a week, and you're running multiple fields, that's really really time consuming to try to analyze those images and figure out where the issues are. Uh, so through the smart pivot, we're going to be looking at those images for you. And then we're going to present you um, with some of those analytics of, of, of where to look and what possibly the issue is. And like you'd mentioned, um, ponding, plug sprinkler, growth state changes, those are all things that we'll be detecting with the smart pivot. Well, one of the things that we talk about with any kind of uh, technology here on this show is ease of use for a consumer. Talk a bit about uh, what consumers are, are going to encounter uh, when they use this equipment. Yeah, absolutely. Ease of use is extremely important as well as, you know, good, fast, reliable data. And so, you know, with, with our FieldNet platform, which is our, our basically it's our remote connection to your device from anywhere in the world using your, your smartphone, tablet or PC. And through FieldNet, we've developed a really kind of next generation user interface that's extremely intuitive um, that allows you to access all this information very quickly and easily um, using your cell phone or any other mobile device. Mm -hmm. And that's 24 hours a day, and I would imagine there's always support in case you get hung up. 
Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, you know, the first line of defense is going to be the Zomatic dealers. Uh, but then if you need additional support, we also have um, a, a completely staffed uh, customer support line here at uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, where we're happy to answer any questions that you have. And one of the things that uh, the company announced earlier this year, the FieldNet Pivot Watch remote irrigation monitoring solution is now available for purchasing on Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. We're real excited about the Pivot Watch. It's a it's a simple DIY installation, and in order to to make it more accessible and get it in the hands of more growers, uh, we've made that available on, on Amazon. And I think what allows us to do that is the DIY nature of the product. And so it does not require us to tie into the the pivot wiring at all. It's battery power that gets recharged by a solar panel. And so it's really easy for, for a customer to receive this and they can strap it on top of their pivot. And in just a few minutes, they're getting all the benefits of, of telemetry, being able to see uh, where their pivot's located, the direction of travel. Uh, they get to see the, the speed or the application rate of the machine. Um, and then as well as that will allow them to to operate our, our cloud-based irrigation scheduling platform, FieldNet Advisor. Well, I tell you what, Albert, if folks want to know more about all the products and services offered by Lindsay Corporation, where can they go? If you want to find out more information, where to find out more information, you know, contact your, your Zomatic dealer or you can email us at, at FieldNet at Lindsay.com. Well, this is all really intuitive, uh, next-level stuff. So make sure you go check that out. And we've been speaking with Albert Morin, a software product manager for Lindsay Corporation. Albert, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast Track. All right, thank you, Brent. Well, next up on Fast Line Fast Track, you know what time it is. It's time for our buddy, the Hot Rod Farmer, Ray Bohax, with another installment of Bushels and Scents. You can find all his great multimedia content at farmmachinerydigest.com. Welcome to Bushels and Scents, a weekly podcast from the Farm Machinery Digest. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And never forget, it is not what you make, but what you keep that counts. You understand the importance of tire pressure regarding compaction for any equipment that touches your field soil, but do not recognize its additional impact on sidewall life. You are not good about checking the pressure of the inside tires on your tractor with duels. You are heading to the field to plant and one inside tire blows the sidewall. You check the one on the other side and it is ready to go also. Two new tires installed at the farm cost you $4,000 or the equivalent of 1,143 bushels of corn because you did not maintain the proper tire pressure. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com where steel and soil meet. Well, next up on the program, we welcome in our buddy Colt Barber. He's a singer, songwriter, producer, rodeo promoter, and ag consultant, and he's kept busy in 2020 with a number of successful endeavors that we can't wait to discuss. Colt, welcome into Fast Side Fast Track. Thank you, Mr. Adams. It is awesome to be with you. How have you been, man? Man, you know, kicking. Um, 2020's been a year for the record books, and uh, we've just uh, tried to do what we can do, and as everybody's trying to do, just survive to get through this year. Well, it goes without saying that 2020 has been an unusual year for everybody, but you certainly made the most of it, bringing a number of successful projects to fruition, including a new theme song for the Corn Warriors TV show. Congratulations on that project. Thank you, man. I, it was an honor to, uh, to to be asked to, to write that for uh, Seth and Corn Warriors, and uh, and I think it came just, it went really good. Um, when I sent the uh, the demo to Seth, I expected him, you know, to say, well, we need you to change this. We need you to do this. We need you to do this. And I had my notebook out and I played it for him and there was total silence. And I thought, 
he don't like any of it. And then he goes, don't change a thing. And I was like, what? And so, yeah, it turned out really good. So it, it's an honor uh, to do that for them, for those guys. Great TV show. Don't let him hear you say that. He may come back with changes. <laughs> and thanks to you because you made that connection. So oh, I, I thank you for that because you told him that you knew somebody that could do that. And I, and it worked. So I appreciate that a lot. You're well, welcome. Two great guys here. You know, Cole Barber and, and Seth Wood, who's the creator of the Corn Warriors TV show. And you guys got another project in the works we're going to talk about later. But talking about the new Warrior song for Corn Warriors, I'm going to roll that real quick so everybody knows what we're talking about here. All right. Last but not least, if you want your corn knee high by July, better get the plant, boy. I make my living off the land with aching back and callous pain. The old man said you reap what you sow out here in these fields of gold. That'll definitely get people's heads nodding. Yeah, man, I tell you, when uh, it's a you know, I've been writing a long time, and uh, you, when you have three minutes, three and a half minutes, four minutes, whatever you want to write a song, that's good. But when you're trying to yeah. put it into yeah. a to a one minute, um, that's a whole other ball game. And uh, but I'm thankful that we were able to do that. And uh, I, I wish Seth and and Jared and all the folks at Corn Warriors much much more success than they've already had. Any thought of adding a couple verses and putting that onto an album at some point? Yeah, it's in the works. Um, right. After we got it done, I, the people that started hearing it were like, uh, it needs to be a full song. Yeah. So, yeah, that's in the works, and uh, we'll, we'll be releasing that for all our folks that uh, love and appreciate the ag way of life. So also, you had a chance to spend a little bit of time on that show, made a cameo where you hung out with Eric Reed, one of the Corn Warriors competitors, and you got to tap into your ag consultant side there. Tell me about that experience. Um, what an amazing guy. And his farm is unbelievable. Um, it, I, I was so impressed with their operation and uh, just enjoyed spending the whole day, uh, you know, talking about the corn and, and everything he's got going on down there. Um, just a great, great, great guy and a great family. And, uh, as all of them are, but I uh, loved hanging out with Eric and he actually come to a couple of concerts we had this year and, uh, we got to hang out at those as well. So, uh, it, he's a great guy and I really enjoyed being on there. It was, it was, uh, it was fun. It was interesting. Um, you know, I don't know, uh, that's not really my thing, but it, it's going to be here soon. So, uh, you know, got to get, got to get in that, put that hat on as, as, we, as they say. So on top of the t talk about that a bit, because that, that's one thing. In addition, you know, we talk about the country music, we talk about the rodeo, but uh, you, you also have some roots in agriculture, doing some ag consulting. What does that look like for you? Yeah, uh, you know, grew up uh, that was I've always been in ag and um, loved that. Uh, I do. I don't get to do as much of it as now uh, just because of the music and because of uh, the rodeo and, and the, the American Cowboy show. Now we got rocking and and then stuff here on my place, uh, the horses and cows and also. Uh, but it has always been a way of life. I love ranchers. I love farmers. Um, you know, 
these are the guys that feed feed us. These are the guys that when everybody else is not working, a farmer and a rancher is working. So uh, I've always held true to those guys and, and just celebrate them, celebrate what they do. And I'm uh, just loving everything that uh, the TV show's doing, that the showdown's doing. And uh, we're real excited about all of these projects that are rocking right now. Yeah. And one of the reasons I love uh, hooking up with you on things here is because uh, you, you kind of found the same thing that I have is that there's a lot of opportunity where agriculture and country music intersect. Yeah, absolutely. You know, most people that are farmers, ranchers and ag, they're listening to country music in some form or fashion. Uh, some of them like the older stuff, you know, Hank and, uh, and Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and, and some like the newer stuff. But uh, whatever your country is, I mean, that's what we love to do. We love to, to marry the ag side and the countryside. Uh, growing up, you know, riding a pickup truck on an old dirt road, going to, by the cornfields, riding on a tractor uh, or in a combine, country music was blaring. And uh, that's just a way of keeping that alive right now as we, as we go forward in the future. Well, if all that wasn't enough, you also hit the studio to produce the new single God and Country by Jenny Lee Miller, who was on Fast Line Fast Track a couple weeks back. That song debuted recently in advance of Veterans Day and has been very well received. Yeah, um, Jenny is an amazing talent, uh, such a sweet, sweet young lady, uh, her and her husband. And um, they got the song to me um, and I listened to it and I thought, man, there's something here. I think we can do something with it. And uh, so Jenny and I talked on the phone several times and she uh, graciously said, yeah, I want you to produce it. So we went in and uh, we produced um, uh, with, with the team that we have. And, um, you know, we, we went there and we did the song. She came in and did the vocals. She was thrilled to death. She said that, uh, you know, we captured what she wanted, what she heard. And that's always the biggest uh, success to me is if, you know, if you capture what they, what they hear in their head. And uh, when we got done, I mean, it's just a great song and great uh, patriotic song. And I'm so happy for her and wishing her uh, a lot of good success as she rolls forward in her career. Well, I hope everybody can go back and check out episode 80 of the Fast Line Fast Track podcast where Jenny Lee Miller is on there singing God in Country live, actually. And I tell you what, she's got a bright future in Nashville. Absolutely. I think she's going to do a lot of good things. And uh, she's got a sweet spirit about her and she just knows what she wants and she's determined. And, uh, you know, when we were in the studio, I was pushing her on the vocals and I want you to, I want to hear this. I want you to do this. And sometimes it would get outside of her comfort zone. Um, but I think as an artist, that's what we need. We need to be outside our comfort zone. We need to be pushed. And she rose to the occasion big time and she delivers an amazing vocal, uh, great song, great product. And if you haven't heard it, everybody, y'all need to go check out God and Country by Miss Jenny Lee Miller. Well, 2020 was also the year that we saw Colt Barber's American Cowboy Showdown come to fruition. Unfortunately, you had to work around COVID, but in the areas that you were able to put on rodeos and concerts over the summer, they were well attended, and people seemed to have a great time. Yeah, you know, we had uh, we had some major plans, uh, as most people did for 2020, um, and then COVID came in and started shutting it all down, but there was a sweet spot there where we were able to do some open air uh, events, safe environment, um, you know, practice all the social distancing that the states were requiring. But uh, the show really grew and every every event that we did got bigger and better. And uh, the last three events were standing room only, um, sold out crowds. I mean, it, the show started at seven o'clock and there were people buying tickets at nine o'clock still wanting to get in. And I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. And, you know, all of the places have invited us back to do it again next year. Um, and that that goes to you know to the people that are working on it everybody behind the scenes uh the rodeo crew 
the ticket takers, the promote, you know, the promotion team, the PR team, uh, the, the tour manager, lights and sound production company, the band, uh, the bus driver. I mean, everybody just really worked through this and, and we pulled it off and it was an amazing time. Um, and had, we just had a blast and we are so looking forward to 2021. A lot of good stuff in the works for the American Cowboy Showdown. Uh, we're going to get bigger and better. We're going to do more shows. We're broadening. We're going further out than we did regionally. Um, we're going to be stretching out across the country. Uh, we're getting invited uh, to, to places that they, they've seen the show online or they heard about it and they went and watched some of the footage and they're calling the office and they're wanting us to come. So we're, we're planning that now. We're working on that. Um, and it's going to be a really, really, really cool 2021 for the American Cowboy Showdown. And these rodeo events with the concerts really are the total package. The showdown is a rough stock rodeo and a country music concert. So you get to come out, it's fast paced, it's high energy, um, saddle bronc, bareback, bull riding and barrel racing. And then as soon as the last bull is bucked, we go to the other end of the arena where me and the guys put on a show. Uh, you were there this year, you came out to it and uh, you've been a great supporter of us. And the show is, is magnificent, electrifying, and we just have a good time. It's a time to, you know, uh, it's awesome to look out. We open up the uh, the sides and everybody comes down into the arena and on the dance floor. And uh, it's just really awesome to have such a great time and have the support of the Cowboys and Cowgirls. Well, and I can attest to the fact that the rodeo is about two and a half hours long, but it feels like it's about 10 minutes because yeah. everything just moves bang, bang, bang throughout the night. And, and the, there's no lag time in between. It's, it's incredibly uh, efficient and well run. Yeah, we worked, uh, we worked hard on that. And uh, Tony and the guys, they, you know, I said, I want to cut it down on trim it down on trim it down. And I think there were times where they looked at me like I had lost my mind, which a lot of people do. Um, but I, you know, I want it fast paced. I don't want any dead time. I want it to be high energy. And so from start to finish from seven o'clock, when, when we say a prayer in the national anthem and, uh, to the end of the last note at the, at the concert, it is nonstop energy, high action. And, uh, the crowds are just amazing. And, uh, I'm just so excited, um, you know, about 2021 and what's going to happen. Well, that show that we got a chance to connect at last summer in July, Bulls and Barrels Rodeo in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, yep. uh, to to benefit Abigail's plan, and that that's such a special event. And uh, man, I'll be there again and again uh, as as long as everybody will have me because that 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 is uh, that's a good time and for yes, for a good cause. You, you great got hang out on the tour bus for a little while before. Yeah. that was that was good, and uh, we we got to catch up and talk. And uh, Abigail's Plan is a great uh, organization, and we've been there for three or four years now uh, in conjunction with that and helping them. And we just want to bring awareness to their charity and, and uh, such great people, Tommy and all of them to work with and thankful to be a part of it and thankful uh, to be invited back year after year. Well, I think the cool thing about that date, as well as a lot of the dates, uh, you're going to towns where, I mean, that's about the biggest thing that's going to happen in a calendar year at that place. So, I mean, pretty much the whole town turns out for it and, and, and they, they just come all out for it. So I had a, I had a fellow tell me, um, I think it was in, we were in Ardmore, Tennessee, and he come to me and he said, you know what this reminds me of? He said, it reminds me of the old days of the, you know, the, like the Barnum and Bailey Circus. He said they would go into these towns and it was this huge spectacle and all the people would come because they want to see. And he goes, that's kind of what's going on now. He goes, we're kind of reverting back to, you know, calling all the country folks and calling all the, the city folks that want to play in the country. And uh, we roll into town, we put on a big show and it's a big, like I said, it's family friendly, open air. Uh, the kids love it. The adults love it. The, the grandmas and grandpas love it. Um, good country music, good rodeo action, fun with the clowns. 
Uh, and as I say, we're expanding on it this year. It's going to be uh, even better. Um, and we're in the process right now. We're sitting around the table with sponsors. Uh, they're wanting to come on board. They see, you know, the potential of what it is and having great conversations with, with some major sponsors right now. And uh, just excited um, about about what's going to happen and how this thing's going to just take off. You know, we've got a long-term plan. This is not just a one or two-year plan. We got a long-term plan, and uh, everybody is ready. Uh, the band's ready. The the rodeo crew's ready. The, the 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 horses and the bulls are ready. I mean, everybody's ready to to rodeo and and uh, play music in 2021. Well, I can't get out of here this week without sharing a little bit of that Colt Barber cowboy flair. This is his song, Cowboy, which just exemplifies that rodeo and country music lifestyle. Sit back and listen to this one. Sir, that makes me want to head on out to the rodeo right now. 
Yes, it does. I, I, every time I hear that uh, or we play it, it's like it just makes me want to go rodeo. So uh, we're looking forward. We're looking forward to to getting back out there. I'm telling you, everybody is just cannot wait. Well, in addition to everything else we've already talked about, you also have a new album out titled Replay. First of all, what's the significance of the title and how does it differ from previous Colt Barber albums? So uh, Replay, we got asked, there's songs we've done through the years and we have been asked, you know, we, we want to hear that song. Where can I get it? Whatever. So we went and grabbed some of the most requested songs that we've done, put them all on one, called it Replay because we're doing it again. And uh, we put that out so people could kind of catch up and see how the music has evolved through the years. And we're working on another brand new, there'll be new music coming out real, real soon. I'm real excited about the next wave. Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely um, where we are now, that's how I want to put it. It's, uh, it is the, uh, how Colt Barber has evolved in the music. Um, it's it's going to be really good. Everybody's going to love it. I cannot wait. And I'm real excited about that. So you're also working on developing a TV show saddled to the stage with our pal Seth Wood, the creator of Corn Warriors TV show. Tell me about how that's coming together. Man, it's, I, I, it, I'm so excited. Um, Seth came out to one of the American Cowboy showdowns and uh, to, to just hang out and see what it was about. And uh, I had talked to him about the TV show and he came to me about halfway through and he said, this is gold. So mm-hmm. we started working and developing uh, the idea and I will... Not to give too much away just yet, but I will tell you that it is uh, reality-based, and there are cowboys, and there are cowgirls, and there are farmers. There's country music, there's rodeo action, there's farm life, um, and it's really, really cool. We're really excited about it. We've, we're, we've been filming already uh, in production, and uh, we're just excited. I think everybody's really going to enjoy it, and it's great, again, to work with Seth and, and Jared, and for them to see what I wanted in the TV and to be able to, to visualize that, and then they have such great ideas and 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 just unbelievable uh how they how they put stuff together so yeah it's going to be really cool when the uh the name of the tv show actually came out of cowboy um there's a line in there says i make my live in between the saddle and the stage and that's what the uh, show's going to be called it's going to be called saddle to the stage so what else do you have coming up here in the next few months man so we talked about the american cowboy showdown we talked about the tv show you know, I'm just going to uh, work on putting out some new music. I'm always writing in my spare time um, and, and looking forward to getting. We'll actually hit the road earlier with the band before the showdown kicks off. So me and the band will get to uh, to get to go um, uh, out for a month or so and play and then get ready to start the showdown. Um, but going to just, you know, go through the holidays, uh, spend time uh, with family and friends and just uh, count our blessings, um, get ready for 2021. Uh, I do have some exciting news that will be coming out next week, I believe. So everybody be watching for that. There'll be a, a press release um, on that. So uh, I can't say it now, but I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday. It'll be coming out. So everybody be watching the social media and everything for that exciting news. I'm super, super excited. Uh, just another good blessing from the good Lord. And um, we're looking forward to uh, what is about to take place and what's about to happen. I can just tell you, it is all all working toward putting everything we've talked about today on a whole other level. So I love I'm it. real excited about that. I love it, man. Well, that, that's How exciting. You been doing? Good, man. I tell you what, we're just building by, by leaps and bounds. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny doing so much travel last year. Uh, it was great to get out and make those connections and see so many people, but we've built a great audience through COVID here because everybody's a captive audience right now. Yeah. So, I, man. Remember, I remember the good old days when I would 
be in the truck and I'd call Brent on the phone <laughs> and we'd just talk on the phone. So today, uh, my PR team, they called me this morning and I was out working and they said, don't forget, you've got uh, the interview. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, so I was just prepared to, you know, stop the truck or stop the tractor and get on the uh, get on it. And they were like, uh, it's a streaming. And I was like, what? Well, it's moving <laughs> up in the world. So, That's yeah. right. I'm, I'm proud for you, man. You you do a great job uh, to marry ag and, and country music and, and the traditional country. That, that's what I like. You you know, you you hang good with those roots, and uh, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you've built. Uh, amazing job. We've had a lot of conversations about ag and about this side of the business, the music and the broadcasting, and uh, I'm just I'm proud for you and, your, you and your family, man. I really am. Well, I sure appreciate that. You know, we're going we're gonna to keep pushing because I think that uh, – well, we're all on to something here, and I think it's all all the stars are starting to align here. So, and Absolutely. Just, uh, uh, we, here. We're going to get – we now that you're streaming, what we want to do is we want to get you out to one of the concerts, American Cowboy Showdown, and you can stream from there and do a podcast. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Well, the door is always open to do that here, and I, I'm definitely glad to do that and, and looking forward. You know, you talk about uh, being out on the tractor on the farm. How are things down on the farm and out back of the barn? Yep, it's it's all good, man. Uh, you know, this year, just like you were saying, everybody's been home. Uh, when they shut us down, you know, no touring. Um, you know, no, nobody out of Nashville was able to run, and uh, we didn't. We had to stop the rodeos because the states were closing down. So, uh, I just just spent time on the farm. So, got a lot of projects that needed to be done that I always say I'm too busy to do. So, uh, I was able to work on that. But a good day's hard work is is good for the mind, good for the soul, and. Uh, good for the body, you know, and I, I'm just thankful to have that opportunity, um, getting ready for winter time, you know, um, but yeah, all good. It's beautiful days right now we're having and just yeah. loving it, loving the animals and loving nature and, um, just thankful. Thank very, very thankful. Well, when you and I started working together, you, you really, uh, hadn't, weren't doing a whole lot with social media. Now I, I can't pull up Instagram or, or Facebook without seeing your face on there and your videos. Uh, that's really become a, a big part of what you do now. Hey man, you know, I fought it. I really did. I fought it for so long and, yeah. uh, and they kept just adding people to the team. So it was not just one or two people and then pushing me. It was three and four and five and six. So even yesterday we had a meeting and they were like, we're so proud of you. You're doing so well. I felt like I was in kindergarten because I was like <laughs> getting a sticker by my name because I'm doing the social media, but I couldn't do it without them. That's for sure. But yeah, you know, you, you can teach an old dog new tricks, they say. So uh, we're, we're trying, trying to keep up with the, with the Joneses, as they say. Well, it's all really well done. And I think it's making an impact and, you know, you can build by those ones and twos and everybody's starting to catch on to it as we go here. So that's yeah, really exciting we, stuff. We want to invite everybody to, to follow us, like us, Facebook, uh, Colt Barber, Colt with a K, uh, Instagram. Um, we appreciate it. Share it, like the post, share it with your family and friends, uh, get the word out because we, we truly want to keep the, uh, the, the American spirit alive, the ranching and the farming lifestyle, good country music, rodeo action, uh, you know, agriculture, you know, tractors and trucks and horses and cows. And we just stir it up just like you do every day. And uh, we're honored to be uh, carrying a torch for that community. Absolutely. And we should tell people if they want to find you, uh, download your music, buy merch, keep up with your career, coltbarber.com. That's Colt with a K. Make sure they get on there. And uh, man, man look, looking updates to the website looks great. Thank you. Thank you. And I do want to say that the TV show will be on RFD TV, uh, the Cowboy Network, uh, Wrangler, and Circle TV. Is there a launch date for that yet? That will be coming out real soon.
that will be coming out real soon. Stay tuned then. Okay. So make sure that all, all you guys get on those social medias, uh, follow his website, make sure you look for those announcements. Make sure you look to see if the American Cowboys showdown is coming to a town near you. And if, if you do get there, download replay, go check out Jenny Lee Miller, go yes. check out Seth Wood and Corn Warriors. So many things going on. And Colt, uh, with all that going on, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. And uh, let's keep the door open, man. Come back anytime. We'll get you on the show and uh, share with folks what you got going on. I'd love to, man. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for keeping us all rolling and keeping the word out there. You do a great job. I'm proud of you. Well, I really appreciate it, man. And the feeling is definitely mutual. And again, we've been talking with Colt Barber. Well, next up on Fast Sign Fast Track, we stay on the musical side of the house where our next guests have had a big month from a name change to new music. The ladies of American Blonde have been making headlines, and we're going to delve into that as well as hear some incredible new music. Nat and Tinka Morris, welcome into Fast Sign Fast Track. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having us on today. We're so excited. I know. This is awesome. How have y'all been? So good. I mean, as good as you can in 2020. We all know it's you know the changes have brought to us this past year and we're just we're still trucking along and keeping the faith and just having a good time yeah and just playing music how about you oh doing great same same thing just trying to keep things moving along here you know that there's no shortage of things to do here and i know that uh uh, you know, when we looked at this in, in April and May and, and we saw everybody kind of moving everything to the back half of the year, we knew it was going to be insane here in November and December. And it hasn't disappointed. It's been crazy. Even though everything's virtual, uh, we, we've still got a lot of irons in the fire here, but uh, not, not complaining, lo- loving what we're doing here and just trying to make the most of the situation. Good. Absolutely. That's all that. you can do, right? <laughs> yeah, super. So how have you guys been dealing with, with COVID and everything and, and just trying to uh, d- just build on everything that you're doing right now through all that? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, we've just been uh, living through it, writing through it and learning a lot from yeah. it. Yeah, so. we always like ever since we were kids, we just always learn to um, just take the best you can out of every situation. Always look at the pros instead of the cons. And um, this being the longest we've ever been off of the road, as I'm sure a lot of musicians can say the same. Um, it was just really good um, learning experience for us to learn how to um, work through different routines and um, just writing more music. And, yeah. and it actually was a really good excuse for us to get back to our roots and discover the real reasons why we even started playing music in the first place. Cause right. it's so easy just to kind of forget whenever your life is just bam, 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 bam. Yeah. So, so we, we got the opportunity I would yeah. say, to kind of step back and like refocus and redesign and yeah. work on some things, you know, so it's, it's been, yeah. it's been good. Finding the positives <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Well, this has been a big couple of weeks for you guys. You first announced that you were leaving the name Southern halo in the past. Then last Friday debuted a new single, Something in the Water, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But first of all, the name change, I know, which probably caught even a lot of your longtime fans off guard. What was the impetus behind the new moniker? Well, (laughs) so first and foremost, we will always be Southern Halo in our hearts. But with not only 2020 happening, um, just a lot of changes anyways, because a lot of people, if you've been Southern Halo fans from the very beginning, you know that we started playing music before we were even in the double digits. Like we were eight, nine, barely 10 years old. Yeah. And it was the three of us at that point, And a lot has changed. Hannah's yeah. gone off to college recently. Yeah. And we're so proud of her. She's doing so great, you guys. She's, oh my gosh, she's getting through finals right now. So uh, we're like, 
We're right. I know. We're just we are ready for the holidays so that we can all get yeah. back together and, and relax. It, but um, yeah, and we just thought, you know, with the new year coming up, we thought, you know, let's just uh, start fresh, start yeah. new. Let's dig down to our roots. Um, stay more truthful to who we are yeah. when we perform live. And so, and I mean, the biggest thing too was um, Southern Halo will always be. Um, it has always been and always will be this image of three, the three of us. Um, the sound was very young and poppy, which not saying our sound isn't anymore, yeah. but um, just like we said, growing up and now we are writing our own music, being more honest and vulnerable um, and emotional yeah. with, you know, our passion with music and um, lyrics and bringing everybody um, to the recordings, our exact fun energetic live show that we do in the recording so the music's just a little bit more mature the look is obviously you know we've grown up um so we just figured since we've been rebranding re might as well we're getting back to our roots and we're american proud and we're american blonde so we just it just felt so natural For everybody unfamiliar with your story take us back to the formation of southern halo uh, you know growing up in cleveland mississippi and how music had an influence on you guys Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I mean, the Mississippi Delta is obviously the home place of American blues and yeah. American music in general. That's where it originated from. Yeah. And, and we we just remember being like babies and like I mean, anywhere you went, like you have barbecue places, bars, restaurants, no matter where you went, um, as a lot of you guys know that the blues is like a dying industry and like the original blues musicians they were all there so we no matter where we went we just you know witnessed a lot of them and we just were like mom yeah. dad we want to play they just we, seemed like they like had zero care in the world and you know growing up being kids and teenagers you know like all you have to worry about is like emotions. oh you've got your emotions you're dealing with and you're growing up and they just looked so carefree and then like they were having the best life ever and we're like we want to do that. Yeah. We and, even, jam. and even before then, like we just grew up, like not really playing sports. We yeah. just, we all individually found separate passions for different instruments. So it's ironically, we didn't start off as a band. I ended up playing the piano at six mm -hmm. um, and then teaching myself the guitar around 10. Yeah. And then Tinka <laughs> ended up finding the drums because she would just hit on everything. Oh my gosh. I was so <laughs> rambunctious, you know, being a middle child. I don't know if anybody else has heard of this, but it's called middle child syndrome. Like we are crazy and we're all pretty much the same. So I just yeah. had to get my energy out some way or another. And the drums just sounded so perfect to me. I wasn't good at sports growing up. So I was like, I got to do something else. I got to find a different hobby. So yeah. yeah. And then of course our baby sister, Hannah, um, she was just like, she's just always so laid back and awesomely chill. And she ended up finding the bass and just, and it was her idea. Yeah. She was the one that was like, y'all let's be in a band. Like, why don't we just put all this together? So we were Ooh. long story short, <laughs> we had our first gig in 2009. Hannah was nine, 10, and I guess I was 11. Yeah. And, um, We've just been playing ever since. We've made our very first album, self-titled Southern Halo, um, back in 2015. Our second album, 2017, just That's like right. the movies. Yeah. Um, and we just grew up on the classics. So we just, our sound was like, whenever we recorded, we had a lot of friends here in Nashville that would write songs and let us use them. And um, and then I would just write and dabble, but like, you know, still trying to get my feet wet and get pretty good at it. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we just, with each album, we just, grew and we learned so much and that would introduce us to the radio tours and traveling and before you know it um we like middle school we are immediately just booking gigs all the time that we just yeah. started traveling 
and playing everywhere. And we couldn't be in school anymore. So, so we, we to, did online. We had to go and switch to online. And so you and we went before it was cool, huh? To California yeah. school level. So it was like, holy cow, these Mississippi girls trying to do some California school on the road. At the, and, we, and we're blonde. So it's like, <laughs> hello, baby. It's, like, it's like moving from the boondocks to uh, Silicon Valley. Right. <laughs> It was so crazy, but I mean, we made it through, and music helped us get there. So yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. So who were some of the artists that were on your radar growing up when you were really starting to get influenced by music? Oh my gosh. Um. Every Prince. All of the classics. Prince was a big staple in that life. Um. Uh. I'm a little like I loved the classics, but I like. More than anything, I was so into the Foo Fighters. I still am. I'm a diehard fan. Um, I just love Dave Grohl in general. Yeah. He's such a great drummer. I just love his energy. And I mean, um, I mean, the list goes on. The, the Eagles were like a big part. Yeah. The Eagles, the Mamas and the Papas, the Beach Boys. Brian I mean, Adams. Brian Adams. I mean, like the list just really, really goes on. Like Bob Seger, like and and like BB King obviously was like a huge, huge one. So. We had obviously like the big classics that we loved, and then of course we had like we just loved Carrie Underwood. I loved Carrie. Christina loves Mar I loved Miranda Lambert. Oh, Miranda Lambert! When she came out with Kerosene, I was like, "Yep, you're my girl." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like that. I wanna so, be like that. And that was always a Southern Halo thing. Was if if you've ever been to a show, you know good and well that it's just a big blend of like you never know if we're gonna pull out an ACDC song, a Heart song, um, a Kiss song. You know, a country no. song, Chris Stapleton. I mean, it was just all over the board. And then, of course, we you know we would have our own originals as well. So, just we love music. All of it. What's your go-to ACDC song? Oh my god! Well, the black. first one I ever learned, the first song I ever learned on drums was "Back in Black," of course. <laughs> so that's yeah. my number one always. I mean, <laughs> I knew it was either going to be that or Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck oh, yes! is the best. Oh, have you heard? There's a version of it. There's like a hillbilly version of it. Yeah. They, they do it on like um, the fiddle. Yeah. yeah. It's, you have to look it up. It's so great. I love it. Because it mixes like the rock with the country. <laughs> it's just awesome. So great. I love it. That's the beauty of music, to be able to do yeah. that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So tell me about the sister dynamic. What's it like working so closely with your sibling? I mean, how much have you guys had to, to learn to compromise and communicate? Oh, my God. And also the songwriting process. I know it's such a personal process uh, and an intimate process. What's it like to, uh, you know, uh, to, to kind of let each other into that world? Uh, I, mean, I mean, do you have an easy time collaborating or what's that look like? Without a doubt. Not a, I mean, all three of us really have grown up so, so close together. Um, we were more of our friends than we even had any friends. We yeah. were just like, it was us or nothing. It was us against the world. Yeah. So that, and I feel like that's like, to answer your question too, like it makes it so easy to work together yeah. because we know each other. We know what we're thinking. We, I, I mean, we just, it's just so easy to work <laughs> with somebody you love and grew up with. And you can, you can tell when they're not having a good day yeah. and like in the crazy weird dynamics with the three of us, I've noticed. Was, oh, yeah. There, yeah. There's a sibling thing. Yeah. Like if our energy is off and this is going to sound crazy, but I swear it's real. It's um, so true. Yeah. If one of our energies off and we have a show to do, the other one picks up for it so we can level it out. And, and like, it's like, yeah, it's telepathic. I don't know yeah. how that works, but we totally do it. It's yeah. Insane. It's just so weird. So like, and that's why it's just always great to have, you know, and you know that they're your rock too. They're not going to backstab you. They're always going to be there for you. Yeah. And then it's easier to collaborate and to 
just throw up ideas on a paper because you're like, she's my sister. If she thinks this is a stupid idea, right. well, she'll just tell so me. So be it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, and it's the songwriting process is so fun because I've turned more into the lyrics, but Christina's so good at just ad-libbing and like throwing in like these crazy fun beats Thank that like, I just would never be able to come up yeah. with. So it's just all about collaboration. Yeah. We work really well when it comes to creating the songs too with our producer. We all, it's so crazy. We have like the same mind. Thoughts, and yeah. We know exactly where we want a song to go. And we could just be like, e you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. It's so crazy. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys had a big break in 2014 when you competed in the Texaco Country Showdown. And for anybody unfamiliar here, uh, I'm going to share just a little clip of that. On none other than the stage of the historic Ryman Auditorium. That, that's not a bad way to start out. Woo! <laughs> I was like, why are you singing like that? Don't sing like that. Oh, the insecure days. That was uh, fun. You, you had the misfortune of uh, doing that at a time when everything goes to YouTube. Right? Oh, my goodness. Oh. That was so fun. I feel like that was just yesterday. Wow. That was fun watching that. Thank I you know. For including that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though. I mean, and then you, you caught the eye of, uh, uh, of Jeff Cook with Alabama. How did all that come together? Because he, he produced your, your EP not too long after that. He did. He, so we true. actually were, I was just on the phone with him two days ago. Just, we still keep in touch all the time. He's like an uncle to us. He's and, so great. I mean, he, he and was, his wife and his, I mean, the whole, they're just the sweetest people. So sweet. You'll ever be. And it's so funny that you bring up the Texaco country showdown because it's partly because of that. We ended up a radio station from our hometown, um, actually sponsored us and, um, they were good friends with Jeff. So, um, and he, by the way, the guy from the station, is still a part of our team and a big part of our family today. Yes. And shout out to Steve Shelton. He Steve has a Shelton. he came up with the he helped us come up with the name American Blonde. Yeah. So he's been with us from that day forward. Yeah. And, and he was our connection to Jeff and the whole gang. So, yeah, I mean it's been incredible. And I just love that um, Steve and Jeff and everybody just let us just kind of have a hands-on experience with recording at his studio, and it was just so fun. And it was just us, and you know, it, it was just he awesome. let us stay at his. Castle. He has a castle. It's just beautiful. It's so cool. It's awesome. <laughs> Love them. It's awesome. So you put out CDs, like you said, in 2015 and 2017, and then put three songs on the Music Row Country Breakout chart, which led to touring throughout the U.S. and the U.K. What was it like getting to tour overseas? Wow. It was so much fun. I mean, you can imagine our first um, thought when we landed, we were like, are they going to like our music? Are yeah. they going to like us? Is it even do the they type know of music? country? Yeah. It was yeah. Like, do they even like this music? And then as soon as we got on stage, we were met with so oh. many new fans and we consider them family. Now they're so sweet. Yeah. So many people. And they knew like all, all the, of the songs, to from, our songs, even songs that we've never even like pushed to yeah. radio or anything. They were just songs on the album. Like, you There's, know, and it was amazing. We even had, like Christina mentioned before, like a lot of um, people who would come and watch our show in London, they would follow us to Newcastle. They'd follow us to Glasgow and Elgin. Elgin. And it was like, <laughs> Scotland, <laughs> why are you guys so nice? And and they and they pay attention. We were warned a few times, like, 
Don't get offended if they're not like, Whoa! yeah, if they're because not partying to your music because they're they paying like, attention. They love to just watch yeah. the lyrics. It's like, oh, yeah. and it means a lot because you know that when they pay attention like that and they know the words and they, they study who you are yeah. before they even show up to the show, cool. they, they appreciate it more. And that really, that means a lot to us because, you know, we like to feel that our work is valued. Yeah. And it's, it's insane. It's, it's a whole nother level over there. We love it. Yeah. And we ended up doing it three times that year in 2017 too. Like we tore the UK up. <laughs> like it was so much fun. And we tore it up. It was good. <laughs> Toured it up. Yeah. And we'll do it again. <laughs> so from that time that we saw you there on the Ryman stage to, to then, I mean, you, you got an open for Marin Morris and Dion Warwick and so many big names along the way. What's your favorite part of touring? Meeting these people, people. and learning this story and how they got to where they are today. I would yeah. say, and like watching them play live when you hear their songs on the radio, it's just it's yeah, insane. and getting to know them. So and crazy. I think we would always find the, the best in everything. So like a lot of people would be like, oh, I can't believe that's a lot of hours in a car just driving, driving. We would always find the fun. Oh my Somebody gosh. was on on duty of like looking up the cute little coffee shops. Christina was always in charge of no matter what city we were going to, staying in or passing through we found out the littlest, tiniest bits of information and history yeah. about each place. We looked up what made each state special, yeah. each place, each town, and it was just It was cool because like, you would think to yourself, like, oh my gosh, this is my favorite town ever, and I never thought in a million years I would yeah. ever come through this state. You or know? it could be some it could be big towns, cities, and then some towns are like, oh, I haven't heard of this before, and you look it up, and you're just love like, it. you love it, <laughs> and you want to live there, and it's so much fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. So on the flip side of that, is, is there any part of touring you don't like? Um, sleep. Maybe. Yeah, sleep is like, okay, <laughs> so like sleep. eating and sleeping is not like, especially if you're somebody like me, you have a routine. So like working out, eating and sleeping is like, it's not every day is going to be different, but it's like, that's really the only thing. Like we will always find time for sleep. It's just always about time management. So we, you know, try to look at the positive and be like, all right. We just got to learn about how to handle our time and time management. So you, it, it's a challenge and we always love challenges. So, and that's really the only con. I mean, we love people. We love meeting new people. We love seeing new places and obviously sharing our music and creating more memories and experiences. I can't tell you like Corona year, we were like just scrolling through all, all of our, our trips. And like we were every like, day, oh. every day of each year, we've got like a reminder of things that we did. Mm -hmm. This year was the saddest for sure. <laughs> But we're doing other stuff, so yeah. it'll be back. We'll be back again. We'll be back. Coming up soon. So for your first project as American Blonde, you teamed up with producer and songwriter and singer uh, Cliff Downs. You know, he's worked with uh, Winona and Glenn Campbell, Michael McDonald, Olivia Newton-John, just to name a few. And oh. most recently uh, worked with Gabby Barrett. What was that collaboration like, bringing him in as you kind of tried to craft this new sound and find this identity for yourself? Oh. The list is so long. We yeah. love him so much. For so insane. many reasons. For so many reasons. It's just. Oh. It, it's been a year since I think we've been working with him. And we have to say it's just, it's awesome. The, one of my favorite things about him is the fact that he is not trying to change who we are. If anything, no. he's just letting us. Enhance our music. He's just like, you are directing, you're guiding. Yeah. I'll just I'll yeah. just bring it to life. And, and boy, does he bring it to life! Like he gets the vision that we see our songs going into, and yeah. he does it, and it's insane. Yeah. And but he really does bring out like the artistry in both of yeah. us as well. Like not only does he just help us, you know, make our music, he makes us 
sound amazing as we are. Like, yeah, it's, insane. it's very fun. It's very raw, and we're getting to just do what we want to do and bring it to life. But then at the same time, we both really and we, you know, we came up with this on our own. We both understand and acknowledge the fact that we're still young. We're always continuing to learn and grow. Yeah. So we love having him as a mentor to just kind of learn from too. And, and he makes, you know, ideas that make songs even better and. You know, then we just kind of take little bits of that information and can move forward with it too. So, long story short, he's he's made this even more fun. That music process just keeps getting better and better. It's fun. Well, I've seen you all use phrases such as explosion of creativity and invigorated yeah. and motivated, and you can really tell that coming through these songs that you've shared with us tonight. Thank you so much. Oh, oh that really means oh, a lot. Yeah. He, Cliff also co-writes a lot of songs with Nana too, so a lot of these songs are also from his yeah. inspiration. So it's, it's so cool. So cool. And I know the way it's kind of been in the past, Nata has done a lot of their songwriting, but, but Tinka, you're really starting to explore that as well, huh? I definitely am trying to. I've been doing it kind of solitary for now. Is that the word? Solitary? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you call it. for now. Um, and she's learning the mandolin. Yes, and I'm learning uh, the and other um, guitar instruments. I'm trying guitar. It's really hard. I don't know how everybody. I don't know how y'all do it. I really don't. It is so hard. Oh, well, well. <laughs> My fingers are so small. I <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're working. We're working it up, and uh, we're making some magic with our music. So we're excited. Very excited. So outside of recording and playing music, I know you're both intent on using your platform to give back to others. Tell me about some of the charitable endeavors that you're passionate about. Are you doing a lot with uh, Habitat for Humanity, St. Jude, Back to Blue, and, and so many great organizations? Oh, oh we really are. Um, Habitat for Humanity, first of all. We've come here to Nashville to do a lot of that handiwork with these amazing people, getting to meet the people that are given these homes and uh, this opportunity. And it's been so amazing meeting them, hearing their stories. And it just makes you want to work um, even harder and, and, and more diligent, yeah. at it, like continuing into the future. And it's yeah. just so cool to also see like, you get to meet a really cool, awesome community of everybody and the people that you're building the homes for, they're out there and they're yeah. building it with you. And so you get to cool. see this piece of nothing, like just boards and then growing the house is done and it, and you get to see, oh, it's just, it's so crazy. It's amazing. And then, I mean, we also work with Children Miracle Network hospitals mm -hmm. and we've been working with them for a while. I think we did a donation. We raised um, a donation party for them one time. Yes, yeah, so actually the Children's Miracle Network, um, growing up back in the Mississippi yeah. Delta, we would do a lot of close things with Blairie Batson's mm -hmm. Children's Hospital, which is that's right. Yep, a part of them. Mm -hmm. And we would always just, we would always go there, perform songs for Christmas, for the any kids, holidays. Hanging out with the kids, doing crafts with the kids. And um, um, we ended up raising $25,000 um, for them. It was one of, we were very young and tried to, you know, wanted to do our own benefit concert yeah. for them because we just love the staff there. We just love how they do everything they can to make it comfortable, easy, and fun for the fighting children there. Oh my goodness, I remember these kids. being just amazed at how strong these yeah. kids are. And we have become friends with a lot of them, and they are sole inspirations to living. Like any small thing that we get mad about, or anything that we, you know, just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Like instantly, these we think of these kids, and we're like, yeah, they're, they're the real warriors. They're true inspirations for us. Do you have any other projects out there on the horizon that uh, that you would like to embark upon, or or anything in, in your mind? You, you'd like to uh, do that you haven't had a chance to do in, in terms of uh, 
uh, either community service or uh, or uh, charitable type projects. Christina's always talked about. Um, we did one one thing before, but it was a long time ago. Anything to do with the Wounded Warriors? The Wounded Warriors project. I want to do as much as possible for them. They're just amazing. We did a. We flew out to D.C. to do a show. Um, I think it was a fundraiser for them. Yeah. Actually, we got to meet a lot of them. It was awesome. It was. It made my heart. But it we made just, my day. We just really want to do that again. It'd be so much fun to like hop on some kind of tour to, in order to raise money for that those in the Wounded Warriors and just play and just get to meet them and hear Absolutely. their stories and just. That'd be so much fun. So cool. I mean, we do do monthly donations to them, the Wounded Warriors Project. Uh, we give to ASPCA, the Animal yeah. Project. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just love it. We Anything. love being a part of the charity. Music heals. So it it's does. just it's just so much fun to be able to share, spread it around. You know, something that you love to do yeah. in order to help others. So it's the best. I love it. I love seeing you use your platform for that. That's cool. <laughs> Thank so you. What do you guys What do you guys like to do away from music? Oh my gosh! I love. I'm down home country. Yeah, she's country. I love my country. So I, I love to my free time just like uh, go mud riding on four wheelers. I love fishing. Fishing's my favorite thing ever. Um, she's even picked up gardening and stuff like oh yeah. throughout the quarantine. I've gotten a little good at it. And I cooking. Guess. So she's like a cooking, gardening, fishing, mud riding down home. Just down home <laughs> country girl. Heck yeah. And then Nana. I mean, recently here, I mean, as much yoga and like trying to work out as much as you can, like that reading, I'm kind of, I'm boring. <laughs> She's <laughs> no, a fun country. Not. No, you're not. Um, but I'm like, I'm super interested in like cars and I think that's so weird. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people think that that's like, why? But I think it's interesting and um, I love like any kind of weird car. So mm -hmm. one day I want to be able to touch a track and just end up. Yeah. Oh Yeah. She wants to get into racing really badly. I do. Um, she's already fun. kind of affiliated with some of those clubs and groups, so uh, she'll be there shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> so that would explain where the uh, vintage Camaro came from in the new video. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's a story to that. So, like, pretty much in all of our videos, and we're going to make this a trend, too. Um, there, we we want to promise that in every video that we have, you're gonna find like one, one classic. cool classic car in every single one of our videos. And uh, we've been keeping the theme so far. So um, it's weird if you check out um so uh, Southern Halo. So we would have a living like that and sunshine. Both music videos we have really cool cars, and it's so funny because we're never on the search for these things. They just happen to they just come work. up. Like it's just, yeah, it happens. So in this song that we'll show you guys here soon, um, Something in the Water is um, the newest release. It's our very first release as American Blonde. It's so exciting. Um, and like, that's just, dude, that's the part of being in the Delta. Like you just got friends. Who like, have these who awesome have, classic cars. So one of our friends, um, his name's Bailey Bills. His family has a body shop there called Bills Body Shop. Mm -hmm. And um, they let us use the car. And just good friends are like, yeah, just take it for a spin. And Super we cool. used it in the video and it's beautiful. So sweet. That's awesome. Well, we teased everybody with with the new single, Something in the Water. Tell me about that song. What where Where did it come from? Oh my goodness. So it felt so natural to release this as the first release of American Blonde because this was the first song I wrote with our producer, Cliff Downs, and another songwriting friend here in Nashville, um, Stephanie Bentley. Yes. And she's amazing so as great. well. So this was a really fun song because this was the very first one that 
we realized, we sat down like, okay, moving forward, we want our music to be more back to our roots, which mm-hmm. is why we did the video yeah. in our hometown. And we wanted it to kind of have a, a well, swampy Delta Yeah, like feel. a swampy Delta feel, something a little more mature, lyrically, um, and something that's just kind of fit our mood yeah. at the moment. And it was just spot on. We are like, yep, this is American Blonde. Let's throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it just feels so natural to have this as our first release. And it just means all the more to um, have that being the very first song I wrote with Cliff and Stephanie. And I learned so much staring it. There were a lot of laughs shared. Um, yeah. Cliff was like blushing at the lyrics that I was writing, and he was like, "Oh, she's growing up." Maturity. <laughs> so it was just—it was a very good moment. It was a very fun song to write. So, and it's so fun to bring it to life, and you know, be able to share the video and just you know, ha- seeing bits and pieces of our hometown there, like everywhere in that video yeah. is not only historic, but places that we grew up going to. Yeah. It's so crazy. Cool. Check it out. So here it is, the first release from American Blonde. This is Something in the Water on Fast Line Fast Track. Something in the way that you kiss. I can't get enough of your
Oh yeah. Woo! And whatever it is, give me a double of it. I love it. <laughs> love yeah. it. So fun. Great stuff. We had a sleepy puppy here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> not amused. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> So what's 2021 hold in store for American Blonde and what are some of your goals for the future of the duo? Well, fingers crossed if everything goes accordingly, Corona's settled down a little bit next year. We plan on a whole lot of new touring, a whole lot of new shows. We've got a new project coming out. Yeah. Uh, and new we, songs. We haven't officially told this to anybody yet, um, but... I just feel like we should get the cat out of the bag because I'm so excited. So we are officially working with Atomic Music Group, who is um, getting us all of the shows for next That's year. That's right. So, so we're so excited. I can't wait. We're so excited to finally have some help on, you know, checking the boxes of where we're going to play next. I know. And just helping us out with that. So. We just want to cover everything and get to yeah. see all of you guys and um, just be able to continue um, you know, learning more through music and experiencing life and just being able to share all of that through music with you guys so yeah. we just really appreciate all of the love and support so thank you guys so much well here's a prayer that you guys can get out and actually do those shows alive get in front of the people again because uh man, it's so important everybody's dying for it i, I know they are to get get out yeah. and get get into live music venues again and, and, and just enjoy that music yeah oh yes <laughs> well thank you so folks want to follow your career, download your music, buy merch or any of that great stuff with the new logo on it, so forth. Where, where can they go to check that out? Well, first and foremost, especially since we just released the name change and everything, um, we are American Blonde. So you can actually head over to our website at AmericanBlondeMusic.com. That would be the easiest way for you to, if you just want to immediately like click a link and take you to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, yeah. all of those pages. Um, that's an easy way to do it, or you can just type in American Blonde, and um, it'll be take there. you there. We'll be there. American yeah, Blonde. I know we have so many more things um, coming soon, so um, y'all have to stay updated with us. And don't forget, if you sign up for our mailing list on our website, you actually get a free download of that song, Something in the Water. And if you haven't yet, head over to our YouTube channel and uh, check out the music video and see what you think. That's right. Let us know. What more incentive do you need than that? <laughs> right. <Go! laughs> Go get it done. And and uh, these guys are great with live streams here. So make sure you're following them on social media so you, you can uh, be in the know when they go live again. So so you can go check them out. No matter who they're they're doing live streams with, but, but uh, get, get on there and check those out. And if you missed any bit of this show tonight, make sure you go. It's immediately archived uh, on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Make sure you go check that out. Share that content around so we can continue to grow and we can get the word out about American Blonde because they're doing big things. And I have a huge feeling that 2021 is going to be quite a year for these ladies. So make sure you Guys. Thank you, guys. We love y'all. Yes, Nana thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast Track. And I hope that you'll come back anytime you have new music to share. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we love you so much.
so much. Thank you so much for having us Thanks, tonight. Guys. This was way too much fun. Well, we want to thank you for joining us tonight, and we want to say a special thank you to our musical sponsor, the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, 417 Broadway in the heart of downtown Nashville, Tennessee. I hope that when you're in the Nashville area, you go and check them out. They have a great selection of vinyl, CDs, and merchandise, and if they don't have it, I know they'll find it for you. They're open Wednesdays through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. They're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. It's a great place to do your Christmas shopping, so when they're open, stop by and say hi and tell them you heard it on Fast Line Fast Track. I also want to say a special shout-out to our friends at Farm Life and thank them for their support of Fast Line Fast Track. Please go over and give them a like on their Facebook page so you can connect with others interested in agriculture. And join me over on their page every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern as I join my buddy Brandon Deal to talk about the things that are on farmers' minds. And speaking of things on farmers' minds, hey, the tax man is coming. Do you have equipment to buy? Now's the time to get in those Section 179 purchases before the end of the year. So head on over to FastLine.com and check out the equipment locator with the price comparison tool featuring the Iron Average powered by Iron Solutions. That's FastLine.com. And while you're on the website, please be sure to sign up for the print catalog for your state or region. No need to head into town to pick one up off the convenience store rack. The FastLine catalog is still being delivered directly to your mailbox and it's still a favorite resource of farmers and ranchers across our great country. Well, don't forget to subscribe to the Fast Line Fast Track podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. And hit us up on all those socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Well, it's time for us to get on out of here. So until next time, it's Brent Adams saying y'all come back and bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group. To learn more about Fast Line's customer-focused marketing solutions, visit FastLineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites, FastLine.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at Brent.Adams at FastLine.com.